Todd Brinker, this is Back from the Brink. Aaron will be joining us momentarily. It is the end of the week. Next week is Thanksgiving. A lot of uh, schools and teachers who have been online struggling and striving and working hard are taking the week off. For those of you who get the week off, enjoy, enjoy. For those of you who don't, be happy you have jobs. Um, not everybody does. So uh, for those who don't, hang in there, do your best. Yeah, here in the state of California, they are creating a curfew. And I have yet to see anybody explain to me how that is going to do anything. What's that supposed to do? Who's going to enforce the curfew? Between 10 p.m. and 5 a.m. starting this Saturday, and apparently planned to run through most of December, we are being told that we're not allowed to be outside after 10 p.m., unless we uh, are doing something that requires being done. And those kinds of things include um, going to the grocery store, going to see a doctor because of some sort of emergency or something along those lines. Uh, if you work at night, if you have a, an evening job or you are an essential worker, also if you're going to get takeout food through a restaurant. Um, and so... You know, I guess it just means that if you're out and about and 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 a police officer does say, what are you doing? Say, I'm going through the drive through. You know, what are you where are you where are you headed? I'm headed to the grocery store. Right. Um, and uh, and then you're good to go because technically you're not in violation of the curfew. If you're if that's what you're doing, um, I guess the thought is, is that uh, after 10 o'clock, people tend to be out drinking and that people who are out drinking are going to make bad decisions and perhaps spread COVID. I, I just don't know. And I certainly don't think that the state should be in a position where they're babysitting people. You know, tell us what the, the activities that you think are high risk and, and we will try to avoid those activities. But to try to tell us we're not allowed to go outside of our houses at a certain time at night, it's just, it's starting to sound very um, gulag to me. I'm not liking it at one little bit. Not one little bit. I think, uh, you know, the Orange County Sheriff almost immediately came out and said, essentially, you know, we're going to look into the legality of this, but we're not going to plan on enforcing it because we're not going to be taking phone calls from people saying my neighbor's walking around outside and it's 10.02. You know, and we're not going to be taking phone calls from people who say, oh, I saw a guy, you know, walking without a mask. Um, you know, it's just, it's, it's not the job of the police to be enforcing those kinds of, of rules. And so, you know, I, I mean, personally, this isn't going to affect me at all because I'm almost never out at 10 o'clock unless I'm doing something that has to be done. Uh, but, you know, I get up early to do a radio show, so I'm in bed early. I'm an early to bed, early to rise kind of guy. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, uh, you know, the, I understand the desire to be doing something, but I look at this and say that, that this is, I, I don't see how this is doing anything. I, I want to see the science that says this is going to affect us at all. At all. 
I just don't understand what a curfew does that's going to suddenly like make things safer for us out on the streets, you know? Does this mean that they're going to go around and round up all the homeless people because technically they're outside after 10 o'clock and so they now have to all be locked up? That's going to be real safe for them as far as COVID goes, right? Bring them in. Ticket them. Sure, that's going to be helpful. They're, you know, homeless people are I'm, are, I'm sure, are all really quick to go out and pay tickets they receive from police officers. So, um, yeah, I just don't get it. I don't really get it. And, and um, you know, I'm not a never wear a mask trumper kind of guy by any stretch um i've tried to be safe and careful about how i interact with people and wear my mask and um but this just seems like a, a reach a step too far um so again i i if, if i'm wrong great somebody show me but i want to see the science show me where telling people they're not allowed to leave their house after 10 o'clock is going to make uh, an ounce of difference to anybody Have my doubts. Have my doubts. All right. So thank you, Governor Newsom, for that lovely interaction, huh? So uh, the recount in Georgia is in and nothing changed. Biden still wins. And so, um, yeah, we'll see what happens uh, moving forward. Uh, but, you know, at some point... You know, we the people have to just say, okay, Mr. Trump, thank you very much, but you know, you need to go now. You lost. Go home. And and you know whether you whether you voted for him or not, uh, the way our country works is when you get elected, you get to take the job. Here's Aaron. How you doing, Aaron? Good, good, good. So uh, the recount is in in Georgia, and nothing changed. <laughs> yes. They did a re a hand recount, and Biden still wins the state. So. So with the kind of fraud that they're alleging, um, they are saying that uh, that that the that, uh, that the the ballots because the way that Georgia you sign the outside of the of the envelope. And um, that those envelopes were opened uh, and thrown away. So there's no way to verify um, which. Uh, of course. Which. Hang on. That second, way you sorry. can make any you can make any allegation you want because there's no way to prove it because yes. the evidence was thrown away. Yes. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I was uh, uh, merging into traffic. I had to focus. <laughs> yeah. That, that's important. It is important. Yes. Drive the car first. Talk to me second. Last night I met some uh, friends. We uh, we went to um, the Habit, which is the Habit Burger mm -hmm. with, uh, in Redlands. And I don't know if you've ever had a Habit Burger. I think I've talked about them mm -hmm. before. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and we wore our masks and we sat outside and we socially distanced and all that stuff. And um, uh, and neither of us go anywhere. Mm -hmm. Ooh, the light is green. Oh my god. Anyway. Um, yeah. Quit looking at your phone and drive your car. Exactly. So, anywho, um, the place was packed. There were there were all kinds of people. This is at the, uh, uh, in Redlands, they're what used to be called the Donut Hole, Citrus Plaza. And, mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah, they're, uh, 
there are lots of people out there shopping and eating and doing all those things. Mm-hmm. We went to Hobby Lobby because she had to buy some Christmas wrapping. And um, yeah. anyway, I was glad to see people out and about living their lives. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know my wife was uh, delivering some um, uh, cookies and, and uh, some soup that she made for a friend who just lost somebody. And so she dropped off some things for them at their doorstep and, and then drove back home. And she drove past Ontario Mills and said the place looked like it was hopping. So, yep. um, yeah, people are out and about, which makes me think that a lot of people are going to look at the governor and go, uh, yeah, right, whatever. Yeah. You know, I mean, I was looking at the way that's written, and it's not really, it's, it, it's like... It's written so that he can say, look, I did something to those who think he should be doing something. And for those who think that he should, he's way overstepping, count me among them, uh, you can go, that's effectively nothing. You know, I mean, essentially, you can say to anybody, if you're out after 10 o'clock, I'm going to the grocery store or I'm heading to the drive through and you're good. You're, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's like, yep, yeah, you're good. Okay, yeah, yeah. you can do that. You know, you know. Are so. they worried about people going to bars? I honestly wonder if there are any bars that are secretly open. Um, mm-hmm. That you know, like a speakeasy. That uh, yeah. You know, and and I and I got to be honest. If if I owned a bar, I, I think I'd be doing that because. Oh, I I would bet money on it. You know, in fact, they they might even see their their business go up because the whole concept of doing something illicit is is enticing, right? It is enticing. It's like, ooh, cool. <laughs> you know, you could even do it themed. Everybody in 1920s gangster outfits and flapper dresses. There you and, go. And go, yeah, you're allowed in, but you got to wear a fedora. <laughs> yeah, that's the ticket. I just think it's fabulous. I think it's absolutely fabulous. So, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I... Um, uh, I, I hope that they are. I hope that 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 they're that they're staying open and they're doing it mm-hmm. quietly. You got to yeah. avoid the parents. Yeah. Well, you know, and you just you 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 mitigate risk every way you can, but it's um, it's you know you life's got to go on. I mean, I'm not advocating. It's not something I would do. I wouldn't go sit in a bar indoors for long periods of time. It's not something I would do. But I'll, uh, you know, wear my mask and run into a restaurant to pick up a meal I ordered and uh, and keep them going. And, you know, to each their own. Yep. I might, you know, because you, know, you, you can sell alcohol to be taken home now. And so, yeah. you know, I would sell bottles of alcohol and food that people can take yeah. home. Yeah. You know, yeah, so yeah, but we were just talking about the idea of setting up like a speakeasy. I don't think I, I personally wouldn't want to take that risk. I would not go hang out inside of a place like that personally. But young people, other people do. might. I mean, young, young people yeah. don't care, and they're not dying yeah. of COVID. Yeah, well, not as much. They are. They're just not as much. Oh, not, it's not like it's near as much. No, but it's not like it's it's uh, not ever occurred either. There is a risk involved, and so I don't want to to sound like we're you know ignoring the risk i'm just saying be aware of the risk and decide what's the appropriate behavior for you what i just don't like is the the you know state government setting up essentially gulags and saying you know you're not allowed out after this time and you know more power to the um to the orange county uh sheriffs for saying you know what we're okay fine you know follow the law guys 
and wave at them and say, we're going to be worried, you know, we're going to deal with the crazy people running around with knives and, and the, the people, you know, uh, drugged out of their mind and, and, and running down the street naked. And we're going to deal with all the stuff that we deal with on a regular, <laughs> oh we're going to deal with the regular, regular crazies and not, not just the, uh, you know, the defiant ones. So I picturing Will Ferrell running down the street going, we're streaking, we're, but he's by himself, <laughs> we're streaking. I don't remember the name of that movie, but it was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking of William H. Macy from uh, Shameless. There's ah. more than one scene in the season where he's, he's like, you know, ended up traversing the street or the down the road, sans clothing because, you know, he's been kicked out of someplace before he could gather up his clothes or whatever. <laughs> uh, happens, happens fairly regularly to his character. Um, being a habitual drunk and drug user and deadbeat general deadbeat but it plays it for it's a comedy so (laughs) you gotta gotta roll with it i I can't Uh, watch that show there i found yeah none none of their characters were like redeemable none of them Uh uh-huh yeah Uh, well i i get that the thing that that i find uh, a draw about it is that they they despite the the horrific way that they go about traversing life they seem to stick together as a family and um i've been watching it i'm in like season six now or season seven and there was a stretch here where they there there was a lot of family strife and they weren't sticking together as a family and that bothered me because that was the one redeeming thing that they had whereas like um the show um always sunny in philadelphia i watched i watched like eight episodes of that and went "I, i can't keep watching this or i watched the first season and a half and and just you know and, and those characters don't even care about each other. They take every opportunity to 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 treat each other badly. And it just I yeah that one I I felt like there was nothing about those characters that I liked or or was intrigued by and just I quit watching. And <laughs> Shameless is sort of the same kind of show. It's just the the difference for me is excuse me the family dynamic that they all do kind of you know stick together, look out for each other. So, have you uh, watched any of the newest season of The Crown? I've not watched any of the seasons of The Crown. I know it's popular, but I haven't watched any. It's actually really good. And, yeah. Um, the, and the, the latest season, they're up to the era of um, uh, of Prince Charles being an adult and meeting and marrying Diana and, and all of that. Mm-hmm. Camilla Parker Bowles and all of the drama that ensued. And, yeah, um, and Prince so, Chuck. Yes. Um so you know it's uh, it's 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 compelling. And so last night yeah. we started watching a documentary. Um, so I've, I've watched a couple of episodes of this season's The Crown, and then last night we started watching a documentary on um, uh, Diana. It's like Diana in her own words, and she was interviewed. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently nobody knew about the interview, and it's now surfaced. And talking about um, you know her marriage and and so the where I am now. It's you know meeting and marrying. Uh, Prince Charles and her expectations versus the realities and some of the things that she was going through. And uh, anyway, it's it's compelling. It's interesting. I would imagine so. Yeah, I mean, it's you know they were they were compelling and interesting and intriguing back when they were, um, uh, you know, happening live. And so, yes. um, but but was really telling is you know they t- the the her relationship with the press the press was on her like glue 
from the second they re- they were she was on their radar. Like the second yeah. that anybody saw her with Prince Charles, they hounded her. And of yeah. Course, well, and the tabloid press in the UK is is just horrific. I mean, they they are worse than than anywhere else. Although I would say that the US has probably caught up with them in the subsequent intervening years. But at that time, yeah, she would have crowds of photographers chasing after her, snapping pictures, and you know, just trying. And and while some of them were, you know, maintaining a respectful distance and trying to, you know, would put pictures of just the princess, others were very actively looking for ways to to get pictures of her looking awkward or bad or making her yes. look bad or you know, they were doing anything they could to to create a story where there was none to look into her windows and you know follow her around i just it was beyond the pale and of course the the press were the death of her and so you know you know it's interesting because and we've talked about this you know harry wanting to get his wife away from the uk press um you know but and and doing going so far as to you know essentially divorce himself from the family at least the official duties of the family um yeah that people say that was megan no it wasn't you know the press killed his mother. I'm sure yeah. that watching his wife go through what his mother went through was terrifying for him. Yeah, it was like deja vu for him. I'm sure uh, seeing I'm the stress sure. that it put her through, you know. And she was she was a public figure to begin with, and and the, and and then to see you know even that she wasn't prepared for the for the level of scrutiny that she got, you know. Yes. And uh, you know, and him being the uh, the the spare, you know, and now his brother having heirs. You know he's far enough down the chain that he's like this is not going to affect the monarchy in any way. I yes. just need to get out of here for my own sanity and for my wife. You know he grew up in it. He's dealing with it. She did yes. not. And and yeah, it's well, just it's were, it's asking a lot. Has been cruel to her. Cruel to her. Yeah. Um. And so you know, and I don't know if it's a race thing. It's the fact that she's an American. I don't know. But I don't blame him. Yeah. I don't blame Probably him a little bit of all all of the above. Yes. I don't blame him at all for wanting to protect his family. I, I don't. Good for him. He was a man. He stood up for his yeah. family. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. You know. And um, you know, he's they're, they're going to make mistakes and stumble along the way and you know, even here they get there I mean it's shocking how often they come up in the press here, you know, and it's kind of a don't care, but you know, they're lumped in with all the other Hey, you know what? One of the Kardashians bought at this store yesterday, and and somebody wore pumps that looked this color. And does she look like she's put on some weight? You know, and that stuff is somehow in our news now on a daily basis. And it's like I don't care. <laughs> I really don't care. I yes. wish it would quit being popped up in my face. You know, um, and and it, yet it's always there. It's always there. There's no way to like filter it out. No. So if you get a chance, watch both of those. Watch The Crown and watch um, Diana in her own words. I think they're both on Netflix, if I remember correctly. Yeah, they mm-hmm. are, but both on Netflix. So, so, good stuff. Perhaps I will. It is Friday, though, and you know what happens on Fridays? Brand uh, new episodes of The Mandalorian. So uh, I'll be watching that today. Thursdays, it's new episodes of Star Trek Discovery, which is the new Star Trek series that's in its third season on CBS uh, All Access. You have to have CBS Interactive to watch it, and or All Access. I don't remember what they call it anyway, but it's you have to subscribe. Um, and I, I like that show, so I watch it. 
and I watched the latest episode yesterday, and today I will watch Mandalorian and Baby Yoda. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I have not I have not watched any of that at all. Mm-hmm. So, it's not your thing, I know. Yeah, it's really you know. not. It's 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 really not. I mean, at least I'm not watching a Marvel comic book TV show, which there will be some of those. And honestly, some of them are actually pretty good. <laughs> the ones that they had done on Netflix previously. Yes. And of course, because Disney now owns it, they'll all be streaming on Disney. They no longer are licensing out characters. But but uh, there are some um, there were some pretty good Netflix series based on, I don't want to say lesser, but less popular um, uh Marvel characters and uh, they were I, actually pretty fun to watch I just read a tragic story I'm really upset about it yesterday a truck uh, was in a uh, an accident and spilled 50,000 pounds of refrigerated cookie dough when it turned over on the 15 freeway all that wasted cookie dough all that wasted cookie dough see we needed one of those marvel characters to to come swooping in and to lift the truck back up and <laughs> and and blow fr- froze frozen breath and and freeze all the cookies so that we could be saving the dough so they could be in ovens somewhere cooking oh. and and be gooey and toasty and ready to eat today oh, but no but no, no. all those dead yeah. cookies on the freeway yeah. Yeah. The um, Netflix series that I was referring to, by the way, was Jessica Jones, starring Kristen Ritter, which was quite good. They did a couple seasons there. There was a season or two of Luke Cage, uh, which was also really good, uh, and Daredevil. Uh, uh, and those were all those are like second level characters from Marvel. They're part of a group called the Defenders, and. Uh, they were interesting, very human interesty, not not so much superhero-y. So for people who aren't superhero fans, they might you might enjoy one of those. So yeah. um, and they and they're still available on Netflix. They just aren't making new ones because they uh, Marvel took the licensing back basically, so they could do. And I don't know if any of those are going to be picked up on on the the Disney Channel or they're just going to do new ones. But all the Marvel stuff is going to be consolidated in one place but if you if you're at all interested in something like that the the jessica jones series each season is sort of self-contained and it's actually really good so i have a question for you uh, there've mm-hmm. got to be more than two comic book companies in, in in the world why are they all the comic book movies either dc or marvel because there's only two comic book companies in the world they basically, I mean, there's there's independent ones out there, but those two, they, they consolidated. Back in the 50s and 60s and 70s, there were other comic book companies, but they basically got all bought up into one of these two. Oh. Yeah. They, okay. they went through a really dry stretch where, where comic books were just not a thing except for a very small core bunch of fans sort of in the 70s. And, uh, and during that time, there was a lot of consolidation and a lot of, them going out of business and so they were the other you know one of these two either either marvel or um um oh shoot i'm blanking on the other one the uh, uh superman group um anyway they bought they basically bought up everybody else as they were going out of business oh 
So even though some of these some of these characters that there are that, are, that we think of as Marvel characters were originally with other companies or you know with other um, publishers. But but, but but you know I think over the last twenty years comic books have become really popular again. They have, and so and there hasn't been any new companies that have like jumped to the forefront that I know of. Interesting. Again, I'm not. I don't live in that in that uh, realm a lot, but. Uh, Interesting. Okay. So yeah, I just it just seems like well, like I said before, I mean I've made my uh, my opinion clear. I think all of those comic books have the same stories, um, you know, taken from Greek and Roman and uh, Nordic Norse mythology. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a um, I and you're right. I mean they they steal the ideas to get the you know high drama. Uh, there's a list of comic comic publishing companies uh, uh, on Wikipedia, so you can actually go and there's huge lists of them. But you know, a lot of them run for a couple years. Ace Comics went from 1940 to 1956. Uh, you know, uh, there were other versions of Ace Comics. There was one that popped up from '86 to, to '87. It was only out for a year. So a lot of these, you know, they just didn't last. So, huh. So, but there's still some of them. Act, I, apparently, there are some out there, like Action Lab Entertainment's been around since 2010. Ad House Books publishes comics since 2002. I'm not familiar with any of their work. I just don't know. Are you curious? Uh, a little bit. I know a lot of. I uh, hear something that. I, yeah, I didn't even mention this. There's a lot of of uh, um, American companies or that are work in association with Japanese companies or Japanese companies that. Uh, 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 publish the uh, manga manja manga 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 titles and so like uh, manga. yeah akita shoten has been around since 1948 publishing mostly manga titles so you know that's uh, a very specific section of comic books that has a lot of popularity but like uh, alternative comics has been around since 1993 still publishing they shut down in 2008 but they they resumed in 2012 they have uh, 9-11, Emergency Relief, The Cute Manifesto. These are some of their titles. Uh, DC Comics was the other one for some reason I was blanking on a minute ago, by the way, from Marvel. Uh, Marvel and DC are the two biggies. Uh, Angry Viking Press started in 2006. Uh, Antarctica Press in 1984, still publishing. So there's lots of, pu- of comic book publishing companies. Um, you know... Uh, Arrow Comics has been around since 1985. They, uh, they, Tales from the Anniverse, Spank the Monkey, the Dead. <laughs> you know. Okay, so that's a different yeah. kind of comic book. I'm getting. Well, those those are the titles. I you know I'm just reading the titles of some of their works. This is what you know. I'm uh, sure those are not PG. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I am not going to presume anything. Well, I mean, I atomic, I, uh, the Atomic Book Company from 2005. Titles, Lulu 8-Ball and The Fart Party. <laughs> I got to click on that link just because I'm... Really, oh, and it's written by a woman. Uh, it's uh, written by Julia Wirtz. Yeah, Julia Wirtz, 37-year-old cartoonist, writer, and urban explorer. That's a title I want. I want to be an urban explorer and just yeah, wander through cities. 
you just wander through cities and and experience it and then i guess you have to like either video it or write about it because otherwise you know you go randomly walking through people's buildings hi i'm exploring i'm an urban explorer here you go her notable works drinking at the movies (laughs) Uh uh-huh yeah, She's, it details issues such as a family member's battle. Yeah, it, it deals with a family member's battle with substance abuse and her own alcoholism. Oh, see, there you so, go. So, uh huh. Against the backdrop of her move from San Francisco to New York, drinking at the movies. Uh, yeah. I don't well, know. A, hung- a hungry black cat just hopped into my lap. I always got to announce when Pharaoh makes his, uh, his parents no. know. Yeah. As soon as he starts purring, just stick the mic right up to the purr box, and everybody, everybody, everyone will go. Ah! Oh. It's, it's my other cat that that purrs like a like a, a turbine. Yeah, engine. freight train. Yeah. Yes, yeah, she does. He has a very yeah. soft purr. Yes, a very, very uh, dignified, manly purr. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how that is very distinctive between different cats. Oh, like it totally some of them, is. The, the, some, like the sometimes voice. the purr. Yeah, sometimes the purr is so rough, you go like, that's got to hurt. That sounds like it hurts. Sounds like somebody's strumming a, a stick across rocks, you know? It, like, exactly. Like, but doesn't seem to bother them. They're going, hey, that's my purr. Deal with it. <laughs> and scratch me right here. <laughs> and if you don't, I'll swat at you. So, yeah, um, kitty cats can be quite insistent. that we could go to over Christmas. We kind of talked about that. Yeah. The uh, Wonder Woman 1984 will come out before Christmas in limited release wherever there are theaters open. And it will be also streaming online. I think Disney Plus is the one who's, who, because it is a Marvel. No, that's a DC, so it won't be Disney Plus. Never mind. I don't know who's going to stream it. Oh, I know. It was HBO Max is what I read. HBO Max will have Oh, yeah. It. There you go. Yeah. Uh, and so... Um, so that's one that people have been waiting for, and they finally, I think, they just threw in the towel and said, "Okay, fine, we'll release it where we can, and then we're, we'll, you know, sell it to whoever will pay us the most for." It. And that turned out to be HBO Max. So, um, but that one's basically, you know, the 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 production companies have got to be just pulling their teeth because they have a lot of these really expensive movies sitting in the can, and they're thinking, you know, if we hang on to it, we can release it and make some money, um, and it keeps going on and on and on, and they're going like, well crap, you know, we've got all this money invested in this movie and we haven't made anything off of it because we haven't released it because there's no theaters open, you know? And if they do release it, if you put it out in every theater that's open, you're still probably going to make a pittance compared to what you caught, what it costs you to make that movie. And so then the question is, what do you do? You know, uh, do you release it? And, and so sev- several of them now have said, okay, we're going to re- do a dual direction strategy of releasing it in the theaters that are there and then either simultaneously or within a real short window of a week or two uh, then you know sell it to one of the streaming companies and let them have it exclusively Um, I know a few of them and I guess it didn't work because I I noticed they're not doing it but when we first went into lockdown there were several of those like first first run movies that they were uh, letting you do an online viewing at home but they were charging you like 20 bucks or 25 bucks to see it so instead of like a regular movie that you'd buy from Amazon or from uh, iTunes, you would uh, uh, pay like twice that amount, and you could you know watch it 
once for X number of hours, and then you know a few months later it'll be available for you to buy. But if you want to watch it right now, you can do that. And I don't think that worked. I don't think people were going for it. A lot of people said, there's so much stuff on streaming. Why on earth would I pay $25 to watch this movie? I'll just wait. It has to be you one know? of those movies that you really, 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 really want to see. Yeah. Yeah. I did that with the uh, live-action Mulan. I paid the the 20 bucks or 25 bucks or whatever through uh dis through disney to watch it and it was a good movie um i actually watched it with your husband my brother wanted to watch it and so i think we watched football one day and then or or maybe it was basketball playoffs one day and then he came back the next day and we watched the mulan movie and so he and my wife and i sat and watched that and uh um yeah it was a good movie you know i think that he liked it probably a little more than I did. I mean, we, you know, you could ask him, but I, I thought it was okay. I wasn't a huge Mulan fan from the beginning, but uh, you know, they did a reasonably good job of um, of retelling the story. They didn't vary very much from the original, from the from the animated version. You know, that whole I mean, the whole shtick of Disney remaking all their animated movies as live action movies doesn't do a whole lot for me personally. No, it just makes in me the, think they don't have any creative people at the moment. Right, yeah. It's like, okay, you know, to me that's as, as you know, uh, as, um, uh, you know, it's, it, it, it's very similar to what, you know, Marvel's doing by just, you know, remaking very, very similar action movies with Marvel comic book characters. You know, a lot of those movies, the plot is not very different. And so... Uh, um. Yeah, I don't, I just didn't. You know, it was okay. <laughs> it was like, yeah, I knew what was going to happen. So it's all right. But you know, I know there the are story. people who are like, they, Disney has a cult-like following, and I say that because oh, yeah. I thought Frozen was the one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I, mm-hmm. I had to stop watching it; it was so bad. And people love it, and they sing that yeah. awful song. And they made another one, and I didn't watch that yeah. because I'm sure it was worse. <laughs> I watched them both. I thought the first one was a pretty well done movie. I thought it was pretty good. The second one I didn't like at all. It was like, why on earth did you do this? There was nothing redeeming about that second one. And yet, and I came out of there, I think I remember saying it was it was essentially the first movie over again except without a catchy tune. And yet people like picked a song out of that one and they were singing that one for a while too. And I'm like, really? It, it was awful. That's not a good song. You know, it doesn't even have a hook. I mean, there's, you know, it was just, yeah, I, Disney seems to be in a slump to me, you know? Yes. Um, I think that right now, uh, more interesting movies seem to be coming out of uh, independent uh, producers in a lot of ways. And of course, right now, there's not much going on. So you want the most interesting stuff going on that you can watch, the most interesting visual entertainment is is happening in in the streaming arena because there's a real war going on for the creatives and that's where all the creatives have gone so they're not they're not doing you know movies with the studios as much as they were because they're busy doing a an online streaming season or a um or a made for streaming movie that's where they're going you know um you watch some of the stuff that apple tv plus has put out is just a stunning um, like I, I mentioned, uh, CBS All Access, the Discovery, uh, Star Trek Discovery, is a really good show. Um, and, 
you know, that takes good actors and good writers and good producers and good directors to tell those stories. And that's where they're going. That's where the, the talent is right now. Um, the Mandalorian is great. And, uh, uh, they've even got a little mini documentary about the making of it. And the, I don't know, I think there's a half dozen different people who they had directing episodes, um, that first season. So you, you get to meet the different directors and how, who they are and how they work. And, uh, and virtually all of them have a background in doing movies as well, you know? Um, but, uh, that's where they want to be. Yeah. But that's where they want to be. They're finding out that that medium works better, you know? And it's interesting to tell a story that fits in a certain universe in a half an hour or in a 42 minutes instead of in a two hour movie, you know? Cause I mean, movies have to be between 90 minutes and two hours. That's just studios. That's what studios think works. And so that's what you have to do, you know, unless you're telling Lord of the Rings, uh, you know, you're not going to, you can't tell a four. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But you can't tell four hour stories, you know? Uh, but if you, if you do a season of something, you can tell, you know, 10, 40 minute episodes and have, you know, 400 minutes, uh, in your story. So you can go very in depth and, and at the same time have everything wrapped up each week. And so, um, you know, Netflix started that trend, but, uh, Disney and Apple and HBO. Well, HBO did a lot. I should say they probably started it. Um, but, uh, you know, they're putting money into paying really good talented people to do stuff there. And I think that's, that's probably why we're seeing less interesting stuff happening in the theaters because a lot of the talent has just said, you know, that's not, I'm getting a better deal over here where I can do more of what I want to do. Exactly. I have more creative control. Yeah. I'm getting paid. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of the Fox Network when it first launched, and you saw you had shows like Married with Children and In Living Color, and of course The Simpsons, and they were mm-hmm. doing edgy, new, interesting things that um, you know. And the regular, the other, the other three uh, networks that had been on forever were were very were stale. Um, yeah, and, and yeah. Fox it's like now we aren't going to do anything that scary. You know. What was- <laughs> they, they didn't want to do things that would offend people, right? And the exactly. symptoms does nothing but offend people's sensibilities and makes oh, yeah. fun of people. And it, and it's you know and, and is awesome at it. You know, married with children showed you know, uh, kind of obnoxious people on TV behaving badly, and that's not the kind of thing that would have ever sold on a sitcom on NBC. You know, no. NBC was selling us Happy Days. Um, you know, and and along comes Fox and says. Uh, here's this guy who hates his life and hates his wife and you know <laughs> sits in front of the TV scratches and farts and yeah with his hand in his pants and you know <laughs> the shoe salesman right you know yeah yeah I mean it's like yeah who who makes a, a, a sitcom about a loser you know I mean that said, you know, they did go and do, I mean, the, the, the other networks did come back with things like Roseanne, right? Where there was this, yeah. you know, that was not your typical sitcom fare. Uh, so, you know, but they pushed the limits. Fox certainly pushed the limits when they came on the scene and said, hey, we can't afford to go do these big budget star things. And, and so we're going to try something a little different and, and just and let worked. people, yeah, worked, worked uh, you know, to the extreme. Thanks to them, we've got it's always sunny in Philadelphia. 
Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are people who like It's Always Sunny. It's it's hugely popular and it's been on the air a long time, so I'm just teasing. You know, like I said, it's not particularly for me. And I get the humor. I get the humor of the show. I just don't find the characters that interesting. It's something that, you know, once in a while I might watch, but I, I don't hate it. You know, I, I, I get what they're saying, you know. So my cat yes. is really trying to get, he, he's really trying to get me to go into the house and feed him. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess that means it's time to go. It does. You know, Pharaoh does. knows. Pharaoh knows. So thank you all for joining us today. Have a great weekend, and we'll be back on Monday following our radio show on KCAA in the Inland Empire. If you happen to be in that vicinity, please have a listen. We appreciate it. I'm hey, Todd Brinker. Do. I'm Aaron Brinker. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you on Monday. Thank you.